0: Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. What questions can you ask a syndication sponsor to understand how they are addressing the risk of the deal? Take a look at the syndication e-course. There is a checklist. And on that checklist, there on one of the tabs, there is a myriad of questions. There is a gazillion, I think, if i can find it for you guys basically you can find dozens and dozens of questions you could ask this kind of comes into lp etiquette right no sponsor wants to work with a pain in the butt investor that asks a million and one questions because it's an indication that once you're in the deal you ask a million one freaking question because some people have it in their head where they feel entitled that they think that they are the customer yeah, if you feel that way, go work with Vanguard and all these other like institutional operators that are just robbing you blind anyway. They have all the money and the bandwidth to spend a whole bunch of money on uh, investor relations staff who graduated with a psych degree the year prior. As far as working more directly with smaller operators where you have better returns, better security, it, it goes both ways. The dating goes both ways. You're dating the operator as much as the, the operator's dating you. But what are some good questions? Like legit questions other than asking 21,000 questions. Top three, just off the top of my head, ask a break even what occupancy does this thing have to run at for us to start to lose money? That's the biggest risk in a lot of real estate deals is like, can you keep it occupied? And at what level do you start to lose money? Most projects that I would feel comfortable in would be in like the 50 to 70% range. We've had projects you know, go dip into the 80 70 range or less but it doesn't last very long and if it if it is there's something going wrong and there's something that needs to be fixed but typically you have a good property that is priced you should be able to run that thing at 90 percent or better there's really no reason other than if there's some kind of underlying issue that's going on another best question i i would always ask is what is the reversion cap rate that is used to come up with the numbers a uh, very common mistake is that investors will always look at the splits right How much splits is coming what are the fees but as i tell a lot of my family office guys like it has nothing to do with that look at the deal how the deal stands on its own who cares if you have 90 95 of the deal and the sponsor only has five percent? which is another issue right if the sponsor's cut is so low the sponsor doesn't care after such a certain point it's not going to, they're not going to run it. Like it was their own, because it isn't, they only own 5% of the deal, but yeah, make sure the deal is going to stand on its own. And again, like what assumptions are they using to me? The biggest assumptions are, you know, what is their version cap rate being used as the assumption, what are you assuming the rents are going to go to Does that make sense or is it just overplay And from that point, you can get a sense of where the, the sponsor's head is at in terms of how conservative they are. Don't buy the whole underwritten conservative. Nonsense. Or really, what is the numbers that are being used? Someone had to really push me on a third thing track record. I mean, it's hard to verify track record good as a passive investor. But then again, it's not really a question that you should be asking the sponsor. It's, it's a question you should be answering from your network, who's already invested with the sponsor. A lot of these questions should be answered. You shouldn't need to ask the sponsor these things, in my opinion. She' already be junior but I guess so maybe you can ask what is the current rents today and what are the rent bumps going to be in the future or once if there's any value add now if they're bumping the rents up four hundred dollars like that to me is a head scratcher like that kind of shouldn't happen unless it's a, a severely like Great deal off market. You just don't see that, especially in stabilized apartments that are ninety percent occupied or more. You don't find those. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com/club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.